it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. So, listeners, I have yet another fascinating guest because I'm very good at collecting fascinating guests. And um, this is Jackie Jagger. We've just done the whole Mick conversation. And yes, it is pronounced exactly the same, but, um, but we don't need to go there anymore. That's it. So, Jackie has told me very wisely that she's not into labels. So when you have to put words down on your profile on your website to describe what you are, it's blinking difficult because you think, well, I'm this, I'm that, but I can't really put that in a concise word. But anyway, she's got mindset and business coach. But you know what? Uh, those are labels, aren't they, Jackie? Hello. <laughs> Hi, thank you for inviting me. That's a great pleasure. So, so, so move, we're going to move away from the labels whilst at the same time, um, what, what, what are the main things that you get occupied with, with your clients or your daily work? So a lot of it with my clients is, so I describe it as I help people to stop faffing and start doing the stuff they actually need to do to grow their business. So it kind of links the two pieces, the, the mindset and the, the business piece. Um, but yeah, it's, that's the thing that people tend to recognise. It's kind of like, yeah, push comes to shove. I know that I am puffing a bit and I need to stop. I've had enough. Come on, let's go. So yeah, that's what I help people with. Yeah, I like it because I think, yeah, some people focus solely on the mindset, which is great great and some people focus more solely on the business business businessy business stuff um but like me you clearly recognize that we like to combine the two because funnily enough our mind and body and business are all connected aren't they very much so yeah and um i guess it kind of comes it stems really from my experience of i i've recognized that during my career for me to make the shifts that I needed to make and to achieve what I wanted to achieve, it, it starts from up there. You know, you you can't you can have all the best strategies, all the best plans, all the best ideas, but unless you implement them and change what you do, then you don't get anywhere. And generally, what's stopping people is not what they know; it's how they're acting. And generally, you have to dig deeper and understand what's driving that action and that's when you change that then changing the action itself gets far simpler so yeah that's the bit that i love is the nuts and bolts of kind of how the brain's working what's stopping people and um and unlocking it and getting the motor in go i love it we're into we're into engines now <laughs> We've got nuts and bolts and lots of grease and oil and getting the engine in i, I like it <laughs> this is very hands-on i love it um you, you mentioned just then, this is based very much as for all of us, really, on our own experiences, as it should be. So how, give us a little potted, um, a little potted, not, 
not life history. That's you know. How did you get here, Jackie? That's why. And by the way, Jackie is in Coventry, um, which I've just discovered is somewhere slightly further north than Bournemouth. <laughs> north, north of Bournemouth, slightly south of Birmingham. Yeah, we're in the Midlands. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, how, what's your what's your sort of story of evolution? So I very unwisely started my career in retail banking. So I was a bank manager in my younger days, um, which was just for people who know me now, they're just kind of, what, how did that ever happen? Um, and I got really frustrated by this is, I mean, pre the banking crash, but even so, so frustrated with the detail and the rules and regulations and all of that side of it. So I went and joined for a business um, as a retailer and at the time that I joined them they had eight stores and 19 and a half million turnover and that really for me was the kind of grounding I guess in terms of entrepreneurialism so it was an owner-managed business um, and I was working directly for Sarah who's the owner um, and she and her husband still own and run it today um, and I had five and a half years of proper fly by the seat of your pants so we grew it from 19 and a half to 45 million turnover in the time that I was there um, it was very much a case of um, so Sarah's philosophy when it came to recruitment was about recruiting based on the potential for the future rather than just purely on people's experience in the past um, and she just gave me the most amazing opportunities um, and I yeah so I, I went from being bank manager um, and in the space of five and a half years did all kinds of operational leadership roles um, looked after the warehouse for a while was responsible for finding new shop sites so yeah very very varied um, and then went from there into other retail roles so kind of retail sort of head office and, and regional roles so lots of um, managing teams remotely um, lots of coaching kind of within the workplace um, and then yeah just under five years ago I well four and a half years ago um, kind of got to a point really where it was just what had been the most amazing career had become an albatross around my neck um, I wasn't learning I wasn't thriving and when I look back I recognize all the signs that I was having for burnout but at the time you just have no idea because you don't you don't see yourself as it's happening so yeah I left with the intention of finding something else sorting out my work-life balance and um, a few months later I went on I started looking at coaching because I'd, I'd always loved that bit in my career um, and within a few months um, I went on a, a sample day and literally woke up the next day and was like right that is what I need to be doing um, so once I'd committed to that emotionally to myself the domino started to topple um, so made a plan set my business up and did a training job for a few months kind of in the the interim while I was getting established um, and yeah never looked back so yeah. hey love it love it love it that's that's a that is evolution that's definitely and um, yeah so this once you sort of branched out into all these different bits and bobs and the varieties you say and and the new challenges and this is the thing so you were constantly pushing yourself out of your comfort zones weren't you mm -hmm. yeah yeah and, yeah. Yeah. and, and i think it's interesting because when i look back at the time it, and, I, and i don't know kind of really when this creeps up on people but earlier on in my career when i kind of look back and reflect on it 
it just didn't occur to me to doubt myself. And then I kind of got to a point where it felt like I was doing nothing but doubting myself. And it's kind of like, am I doing the right thing? What's the right next step? What should I be looking for? Where should I be going from here? And I, I kind of can't really put my finger on kind of how and when that changed. Um, so like I say, it's only with the benefit of hindsight and reflecting back that I, I realised that that had been the case. But yeah, it, in my early career, it kind of just, I went with it. And whenever somebody gave me an opportunity, I was kind of like, yeah, very much that kind of girl of, I'll figure out, you know, I'll say yes, and I'll figure out how to do it later. Um, so, so that benefit of, of um, that benefit of hindsight um, means that so obviously now when you work with clients you you can recognize something that maybe they're not obviously they're not seeing because they haven't reached that maybe that quite the same tipping point and are, are there any do you pick up are there any sort of generic signs yeah so a, a lot of what i see so um, the, the majority of my clients are um, women who've been in kind of corporate-ish roles not necessarily corporate corporate but maybe um you know kind of senior managers directors um have branched out to set up kind of consulting businesses service businesses coaching that kind of thing and very often what i see is that they have brought with them from the corporate world this um, kind of expectation, if you like, of themselves that they get things right first time. And in the corporate world, they could do that. In the corporate world, we build our experience over a number of years. We often have kind of mentors, bosses, people alongside us, very established career paths. There's a lot of certainty in those kind of structures and although they might feel confining and restrictive and it might feel like you're giving your life away at the end and you've got to escape once you do all of a sudden there's this pressure that people put on themselves to have the right answers to have the knowledge to get things right first time and that can be really difficult because that's when the self-doubt starts to build and, and that really um, holds people back. They're, they're worried about looking like a failure in their own eyes. They're worried what their family will think. Um, you know, very often it's that experience I'm sure a lot of people relate to of you know, bringing inside when people around you ask how business is going and you know that they're well-intended and you know that they want it to be going well. And actually, you feel like you should be able to tell them that everything's brilliant, everything's you know going so much better than I expected, and you're kind of actually cringing inside that it's not where you wish you could give the answer. So, yeah, yeah. Abs absolutely, it's spot on. And might I just say, a great segue into touching on the fact that we are now because uh, we're recording this, listeners. Um, <laughs> I've got an awful feeling that even when this goes out, we'll, well, we will still be in a global crisis. Um, and therefore, a lot of this is incredibly uh, relevant and resonant. So, um, you know, this idea of certainty gone right out the blinking window, control, forget it. 
So we've got people out there who um, could be really struggling with, okay, for, yes, there's all the really basic stuff like your health and, you know, feeding your family and don't, I'm not dismissing that, but let's go, let's go into another area because as I said at the beginning, all of this is connected. So if you're not, if one of these things is really, really draining you without you realizing it, then you're probably damaging your health and not in the best state to fight. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. So let's, um, let's look at your, because the perfectionism is, is, quite a, is quite a big thing, isn't it? And what, what do we do when everything suddenly gets thrown up in the air? So in some ways, um, I guess we can we can choose how we frame things would be, you know, that that's the common conversation that I, I will have with clients. So um, very often it's about choosing to see something as a learning opportunity, a development opportunity, um, rather than as a potential disaster. And in the work context, it might be that, you know, you might be developing a new product and people very often will feel apprehensive about putting something new out there and I, I've seen a lot of that at the moment of people kind of like oh now's not the right time to sell nobody's buying anything there's no money um, and, and that's an assumption and until you test the assumption you don't know um, but it's also I guess for me one of the, the real messages at the moment is and, and it's something that comes up a lot for clients generally but it's particularly pertinent with with this upheaval and this lack of control is that we can choose to act based on how we feel or we can allow ourselves to act rather based on how we feel which is often a subconscious pattern so um you know we we might feel miserable um lacking in motivation um, worried anxious you know that there is a lot going on so those feelings will come and it's it's an absolute disaster to try and suppress them so i certainly don't recommend that as an approach and just kind of ignore them or suppress them or pretend that they don't exist but we can choose to notice a feeling and say okay i am feeling this or i have this feeling or if we don't do that the danger is that we can be in the position where we are had by that feeling where that feeling is driving us, is driving our behavior, is driving our action. And so my advice is often to, to pause, to notice the feeling, the emotion that you're experiencing, but then to take that moment to ask yourself, okay, in terms of how I act, what is important right now? And practically focus on what is within our control um, so there are a whole heap of things that are outside of our control and if we allow our energy and attention to be drawn by those then we end up in that vicious cycle where that drives us further and further and isn't good for our mental health isn't good for you know it creates more of a spiral of those feelings um, whereas we can instead again pause and say okay what is within my control what practically can i do um you know so take the example that you know there are loads of, of parents who are all of us you know last week they were running their own business and they were doing okay thank you very much this week suddenly loads of their business has dried up 
and to add to the mix, they are now suddenly homeschooling their kids. So they've gone from being a business owner to a teacher in the space of a week. So you can kind of let that just roll on and, and go with whatever and get frustrated, or you can kind of say, right, okay, so what's important right now, if I need to have an offer, if I need to have something that people can buy, how do I fit that in practically around the other things that I'm going to do? And when we assume that a solution is possible, our brain works differently and we'll look for that solution. If we assume that a solution is impossible, then what we will do is just very easily get defeated by it and, and get driven by that cycle. Oh, I like that. If we assume a solution is impossible, we will get defeated by it. And into that cycle we go. Yeah, assumption is a big thing, isn't it? It's a big, big thing. And you're right, there have been a lot of people at the moment. In fact, there's been some quite heated debates, haven't there, about um, no, I can't I mean I I I I did it myself. I said I said I'm really this was like really slightly earlier on in the process, a couple of weeks ago. I said, I'm feeling really weird um, because my whole brand is about being real. So I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to pretend. Um, I'm, a, I'm not that good on the sales thing anyway. <laughs> I, I'm very good on the organic sales process, which doesn't involve me selling. Um, but uh, so this added another layer in which I suddenly panicked about it's well there were two things aren't there that people were doing one is the assumption that nobody will buy because everybody's suddenly up against it financially um and two is a, is a more psychological thing in terms of for those of us who have empathy and are caring people and all the rest of it which i think is everybody i know um we're thinking oh it's gonna look distasteful it's somehow yucky and cheap to be selling in a time of crisis so two assumptions yeah. and and to that i would add um a kind of subset if you like of that second group that you've described um is, is also um what i saw a lot of is people feeling driven that they should discount they should do stuff for free that they would otherwise you know two weeks three weeks four weeks ago they would have felt quite comfortable with their offer and all of a sudden that whole thing about kind of being distasteful and what have you so and and for me my response to that is it it doesn't help anybody if we you know it's, it's a case of put your own mask on first and if we just off the back of an assumption start discounting and dropping prices then potentially all that happens is we have to work twice as hard to to do the work anyway to earn the same money but also the often so your your um <laughs> your body i wish people could see your body language when you were talking about sales because that is one that very often people it comes to the fore where people they can be really accomplished absolutely expert at what they do as soon as they start even thinking about the idea of sales and selling it's kind of like oh a little bit of me dies inside um and it's it's something that i love helping people with because i've done a lot of sales in my time and um so yeah for me often what people don't reflect on is for for that entire time they've already had their business 
actually finding customers and making a sale has been for them often the most challenging from a mental perspective because a lot of people feel the way that you look as if you do about it don't want to make an assumption but the body language suggested that, that might be the case um and so yeah often there was that again thing of oh i've got to be nice and i've got to make it more affordable because that's the nice thing to do but in trying to be nice what we're doing is putting other people's needs above our own and that again is, is quite a common um kind of piece of work that, that i come across with clients because very often there can be all kinds of things around balance and boundaries so how people manage their relationships with not just clients so with with potential clients and clients but also with friends and family um you know with things like managing childcare. so all of a sudden if somebody's at home and they were out in a corporate job the expectation can kind of the unspoken expectation can be all of a sudden you're going to be doing all the cooking the cleaning the you know we, I, I see so many people are kind of like yeah i'm a i'm an amazon drop-off hub because i work from home um so yeah there, there is a lot of that stuff around kind of balance and, and boundaries and how people set those up um and, and a lot around people finding that or feeling that the nice thing to do is to put other people's needs above their own and putting your own needs front and center isn't selfish it is sensible yeah if you want to build a sustainable business that will support you and your family then putting your own needs first is sensible it is not selfish yeah that's a very very wise thing I, and and actually um as a bit of motivation for anyone out there who because it will be lots of people who have this weird reaction to the word sell um i i'm sort of three and a half years into setting up this business so prior to that i was in a very different environment as a an actor a speaker an entertainer and all of that sort of thing so the business world thing, three and a half years. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was, I was running my own business, but it didn't really involve sales because it was just like, it was all word of mouth. It was lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, anyway, I have got so much better. I literally in the last month, the last week, every week that goes by. And the only reason is that I have recognized this thing the weird triggers and I recognized it a while back when a coach said to me we were having a conversation and he helps people with sort of money coaching stuff and he said do you know literally every time you said the word money you put it in inverted commas just like you said about my body language so <laughs> so listeners recognize it recognize it but there is hope that you can come out of this tunnel because I I have and I I've massively massively change my my mindset on this and i'm still working on it and i'll always have to work on it but um but it's not you're not stuck with this thing you can't say oh well i'm just one of those people who can't sell well i'll just never be a proper business person because i can't sell you no no can I, can, so can i just on that point um so it's really interesting that again i heard an assumption in what you said because you said there i'll always have to work on it and actually, for most people, that is not the case. So sales skills, marketing skills, all of the skills that people need to run their business effectively, they are learnable like other skills. And 
typically my experience of clients that I've worked with and um, other business owners that I know is that there is very often a point at which people are good enough at those skills and and I, again, I think it can be that assumption of kind of like, oh my God, I'm always going to have to work on it. It's always going to be a thing. And that's, that's an assumption. <laughs> actually, you, you're completely right. Completely right. And, and I'm glad you, you pulled me up on that, actually, because it's, it it's couldn't be more, do my hair, it couldn't be more true because, and I should know that because I have worked my way through all sorts of things like shyness and imposter syndrome and um, and all of that stuff and you know uh, oh you know I've been married a, a few times so if I'd gone with the well this is I'm always going to be I did at one stage I had the on a very personal level had the I'm clearly never going to figure out this whole marriage but I'm clearly always going to choose the wrong guys I'm <laughs> this is it I'm not cut out for being married and you know but I persevered Jackie and 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 found a fabulous place at the end of that journey as well um, so actually i have constantly proved to myself that i can bash those assumptions down so i think it's a really important thing thank you to remind people about assumptions um oh, where were we where were we tell me about i love i love this thing that you've got where you talk about the three types of faffing go on take us through those <laughs> yeah so so as i said I, I kind of describe what i do as helping people to stop faffing about and start doing the stuff they actually need to do to grow their business and i guess in in doing that what i've noticed is that broadly there are, there are three categories that i see kind of come before so there are um people like me who i would describe as shiny object syndrome faffers so i am a starter I get disinterested in detail, I enjoy change, I enjoy new. And so the temptation for me um, is that I start something, kind of do the first chunk of it, get all excited, and then I'm kind of like, oh, a new idea, I'll go over there. <laughs> um, so that's the whole shiny object syndrome piece. So with that, it's a lot about working with those clients around and and the question that I ask people, and I think this is a good one for listeners to ask themselves, because it's, it's the question that often people don't have an obvious answer for, is what is the current top priority for you in your business? Only one. <laughs> and very often people kind of go, oh, uh, not really sure. <laughs> and so that for, for shiny object syndrome faffers is very typical of they will flit from one to another to another so that's that's shiny objects um, then we have the emotional buffers so these are people who often get caught up in the emotion that is driven by running a business so these are emotions that I imagine pretty much everyone that's got a business will will recognize but for some people they prompt more challenge than others so you've got all of that fear around kind of being judged around kind of putting your stuff out there in public around um you know oh my god what if what if what if um so it, it's kind of almost that rather than a lot of this comes out in decision making so um, one of the things that I, I talk to clients about is the wrong decision is better than no decision because in making a decision, you make a commitment to action. 
So for as long as you are stuck in this cycle, kind of this emo emotional maelstrom of what is the right decision and asking yourself that question and going around in circles and feeling all the feelings, you're not making progress. Whereas if you just make a start, make a decision, take an action and see where that lands you, then you can course correct. You can, you, as long as you know where you're aiming for, you can course correct. Very few decisions are irreversible. And yet our emotional and our mind monkey chatter will tell us, you, oh God, no, no, no. So we postpone decisions and leave ourselves feeling all the emotions and going nowhere. So that's the emotional faffers. Um, and then we have the perfectionist faffers. So these are the people who are kind of like, right, when I've got the perfect plan, that's fine. I will nip through a to-do list like I don't know what. So I will absolutely get everything done, but I need to do some planning first. And those, those people, again, often um, have, have had quite high-flying careers previously. They're often um, very aware of the outside world's perception of them. Um, and people will, it, it, it's interesting because a lot of labels, people have that kind of, oh, yeah, I know in theory it's not a good thing. I know I shouldn't be a perfectionist, but actually I quite like the perfectionist label. I quite like, because that means that what I do do is good. So it's almost, there's that, there can be that attachment to doing it. But again, it can halt action in its tracks and stop people doing anything because they're so busy doing the plan that they haven't actually taken action. So yeah, those are, those are the things that, that very often I'll be calling people out on during sessions and very often I'll be kind of reflecting back and exploring kind of, right, what's actually going on here? Um, what, do you, what do you actually need to do? And let's, let's get you moving. I love it. And, and at this point in time, again, coming back to the fact we're in such a, a, a weird place at the moment in the world, um, you know, that, that parents who are those faffers, <laughs> the, the perfectionist faffers will be in quite a tricky place at the moment if they don't start to uh, <clears throat> come out of that comfort zone place um, because you it can't all go under control and plan and to-do lists can it but but on the other hand you can it's funny actually because people react so we're all so different aren't we I mean I yeah. I you see the actor in me who was used to working on something very much to a deadline because you had a performance date you had a theatre tour whatever it was and there was there was the opening night because it was all theatre related. So, you know, there wasn't any going back. You couldn't turn back at that stage. You could say, well, hang on a minute. I'm not sure I'm quite ready. You couldn't. You couldn't do that. Um, and in fact, the first ever one-woman play that I toured, I, I booked venues before I'd even started writing. It was a self-devised play I, before I'd even started writing it. But for me, my brain works really well like that because actually it forces me to take the action and it prevents me from doing the overthinking because otherwise I would tend to get into the emotional um, faffing and the overthinking faffing to a certain extent and the shiny object. Actually, I would do all, all three, no question. So for me, the action thing is absolute. it works well. So actually, weirdly, in this time of crisis, 
I, my brain, after an initial slight meltdown, which I think is because we're human, um, I, I, I have, my brain has actually responded. I'm very proud of my brain at this moment. It's respond, it's, all the creativity is on super drive at the moment and, um, and my structuring is better. Um, my dis self-discipline, the way I'm going through a day is, but I'm now making lists and I wasn't a list maker. So isn't this weird how we will all respond? Yeah. It is. And, and it's interesting because again, it's, it's an example, I think, of where two things. So one, where sometimes where things are kind of pushed upon us. So in the same way that for clients, I'm that nudge to say, okay, you've done enough thinking now, what's your decision going to be? You know, and, and so having that accountability and that push to make a decision can be the thing that actually, so the equivalent, if you like, of you booking those theatres and kind of like, well, I've actually really got to do it now. Um, so, you know, when circumstances outside of our control push us, sometimes that can be a positive. And I think then there's also that element of when you are um, kind of in that, in that place of, um, you know, I've, I've got to get on and do it labels can be helpful so we often hear about limiting beliefs um, and we often hear of the impact and i would absolutely agree that it's helpful to understand if you have got limiting beliefs if you are attaching labels or, or beliefs to yourself what do they drive but they can be helpful so one thing that i have as a self-perception um, that comes from years and years and years of people saying to me you know you're really calm in a crisis you're really good in a crisis so 10 days ago when shit got real i'm like oh my time <laughs> crack on so for me that as a as a label can be really helpful and i think people can actively search for those labels that they attach to themselves or those identities that will help them in these circumstances mm -hmm. so you know those people who potentially were um you know potentially i don't know a couple of weeks ago were were carrying on and now suddenly you've got all of these things to to manage where they've got that label of you know the, the self-attached identity of you know i'm a mum first and foremost that can be really helpful for them now that they've got a different set of parental responsibilities and a different set of circumstances um, so where it may have potentially be something that could have been a hindrance to the business that they want to build, if what's important now is looking after their family, then allow that, allow that benefit to come from how you choose to label yourself. Oh, that is freaking brilliant, Jackie. And what a great place to wind up this chat because um, I, I would have struggled to wind it up as I always do. <laughs> <laughs> it's too interesting um but that i love that that's a diamond that is that that i, I the, the way you've just flipped that is i i've never I've, i don't think i've ever actually heard that done quite like that and uh, it makes complete sense absolute sense and i think in a time where everything all everything's thrown up in the air like this that is a really very interesting bit of reframing we started off talking about framing that that's that, oh wow oh wow so jackie 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 um where do, is there anything that you want to tell listeners about um in particular where to get in touch with you that sort of stuff 
Um, yes, thank you. Um, so I hang out mostly on LinkedIn, which is where we met. So um, Jackie, J-A-C-Q-U-I, Jagger as in Mick, as described earlier. Um, so yeah, come, come hang out with me on, on LinkedIn. Um, and then my website, my company is Beyond Boundaries Coaching. So my website is www.beyondboundariescoaching.co.uk. Um, and particularly around that sales mindset piece, um, I'm running my first um, five-day challenge uh, towards the end of April, um, and that will become a cyclical thing, um, which is a five-day challenge helping people specifically around sales mindset. Um, so those people who kind of get a lead and go, yay, and then go, oh, now I've got to speak to this person <laughs> and try and sell, um, this is designed with you in mind. So yeah, oh, if that's that'd something that's helpful, and yes. yeah. Yes, lots of takers for that. So I will put the link to that on the notes. I just remind listeners that if you want more background information and more notes and lovely stuff, you do need to subscribe um, on my website because you get the weekly update on the new episode with this with this extra show notey content. But I will, of course, all, always link your main point of contact on my website anyway and i advise people to get um, connected with you jackie because you're a fascinating lady and so much more than the label of mindset and business coach you're just you're just jackie you're brilliant so thank you so much for, for all of that input oh, i've absolutely loved it thank you so much for inviting me on and um yeah look forward to staying staying in touch yes! take action try this one small step I think it would be a good idea to have a look at the three kinds of faffing that might be blocking you. So just have a bit of self-reflection. Are you being a perfectionist in ways that aren't helpful? Are you getting blocked by emotional faffing, i.e. fears and stuff? And are you possibly being blocked by the shiny object syndrome kind of a faff? So, um, yeah, have a good bit of self-reflection and honesty over those and then decide what you're going to do about it. A lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode. Never